What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to my social life. This is the podcast where you can hear the life stories behind the people on social media. I'm your host, Jacob Kelly. As always, today's podcast is powered by TrueFan, and today is a takeaways episode. And if you're new here, what a takeaways episode is, is where I sit down and I talk to you about the most recent podcast episode of the week. And today, we're discussing my conversation with James Camp. Now, if you haven't had a chance to listen to the full podcast with James yet, make sure you go and do that before you listen to these takeaways. But if you haven't listened to it and you don't have time to listen to the full interview, James is the founder of Common Commerce, which is an e-commerce roll-up or an e-commerce holding company, I should say, which is acquiring quote-unquote unsexy CPG brands. And on top of that, James is also the creator and founder of NanoFlips, a newsletter and course, which is teaching people how to profitably, profitably buy and sell primarily content websites. And so I first found James on Twitter, actually. He's had a number of threads pull go relatively viral. And I saw one of his website flipping threads hit my timeline. Um, and that's how I found James. And I just ended up sending him a message, asking him to come on the podcast and made it happen. And so fun fact, if anybody here that actually has their own podcast or is thinking of starting a podcast has to reach out to guests and stuff, how I actually reached out to James was through a video message. Um, so that's a new thing I'm trying when reaching out to potential guests, sending them a video instead of just a straight up DM, because um, that way they know it's personalized because I'm saying their name in the beginning of the video. I record this video for them. Um, so it just helps you differentiate yourself a little bit. So that's something I'm trying. Maybe you can add that to your repertoire if you're a podcast host as well. Um, but if you're not, well, that's just a little insight and behind the scenes to how the podcast works. Um, but I'm gonna get right into these takeaways today. Again, my goal with these takeaways, I'm trying to keep these under 20 minutes. I'm a talker on these, so that doesn't always happen, but that's the goal. I got a number of takeaways, so we're just going to dive right into it. And my first takeaway from my conversation with James is just that money is not everything, you know, and that's something like, you know, and you hear people say, and it's interesting coming from James because James has said, you know, he's, he's made a decent money. He's been broke. He's seen both sides of that coin and he realizes money is not everything. Obviously, of course, he gives them the option between being broke and having money. They're going to pick having money. Um, but James also said that he's, he's made enough money now to understand that money is not everything. And I, I completely agree. You know, I've, I mentioned this actually on, I think I mentioned this on the, in the interview with James, but if I didn't, so basically I've been changing how I've been consuming podcasts. Trust me, this might, feels like I'm, I might be making a complete jump here. This I'm going to close this loop. Don't worry. So I've been changing how I listen to podcasts and usually how I've been listening to podcasts mass. Obviously I just used to download all the interesting interviews that from the podcast I subscribe to, uh, but I can never keep up and it was a little overwhelming. So I changed it to now I'm just going to search up, I'm going to pick an individual and I'm going to search up all the interviews they've done and I'm going to listen to all of their interviews and just really kind of get a good understanding for that person and their mindset and their, and, and just their teachings and things like that. And so I started with David Goggins and then I, I finished, I read David Goggins book. I listened to tons of his interviews. I listened to the audiobook, a bunch of stuff. So I had David Goggins. And then after Goggins, I just finished listening to a bunch of Tom Bilyeu interviews. And so one thing that Tom Bilyeu says when it comes to what your goal in life should be, a lot of people think that it's happiness. You need to be happy, but you can eat a bowl of ice cream and be happy. So that's clearly not the end goal. And so the way that Tom explains it, that the end goal is, is fulfillment. You know, it's how, what, what you think about yourself when you're by yourself that matters at the end of the day. And money is not one of those things. You know, Tom explains that money is just a tool and it's a tool to allow you to do things. And I think that for my understanding, that's kind of what James has come to realize that yes, money is great. Money gives you access to things. Money allows, opens doors, allows you to do things, but it is not everything. 
I'm not saying it's nothing. Money is certainly something, but it will not make you happier. You know, I interviewed Tom Dreesen on the podcast, who's Frank Sinatra's opening act for for many, many years. And he says that all these people who were insecure or whatever pre before having money, once they have money in their bank account, that doesn't change. Your insecurities and things don't change. Who you are as a person doesn't change no matter how many commas you have in your bank account. Honestly, if it's going to do anything, it's probably just going to elevate who you are as a person. If you are an asshole, having money is going to make you act like you're more of an asshole. If you're a good person, having money is going to make you look like more of a good person with how you use it. And so money is not a cure-all. It's not the be-all, end-all. It's not going to solve your problems. It is not everything. Of course, like I said, it's a tool. It can allow you to do things, but it is not everything. And again, I understand I'm not someone who's made a ton of money in their life. Um, this is me kind of parroting what other people have said who have made money. But at the end of the day, like, I feel like it's important to learn from people who are ahead of you. Cause if we're not going to take, cause what's the point in, in touching the pan, if it's hot, you know what I mean? Like I, I want, sorry, I, that was a terrible analogy, but I, I want to be the person who can have someone say, Hey, don't touch the pan. It's hot and believe them and learn or learn from their mistakes from touching the pan, as opposed to someone saying like, Hey, don't touch the pan. It's hot. I mean, I mean like, you know, I, I got to touch the pan just to be sure that it is hot. You know what I mean? Like it's learn from the people who have done it, who have made the mistakes. So you don't have to make the mistakes yourself so you can get to where they are faster. And so it's just important to hear from someone like James, who, like he said, has made enough money to, to, to understand this, that money is not everything at the end of the day. And I think that's an important thing to remember. Now, my next takeaway here is get outside your comfort zone. You know, I think it's important. You know, James made a really good point about getting outside your comfort zone. It made me think about maybe I'm not getting outside of my comfort zone enough Um, because he really explained like he dropped out of college. So he kind of had the college experience, but he felt like he never really got the outside of like, because when you go away to college, you feel like you really get out of your comfort zone. He said he didn't really feel that. And so in his mid twenties, he just, he moved to Southeast Asia, Southeast Asia, because he needs to get out of his comfort zone. That's an important thing to grow as a person, especially as a young person. And I think for me, I took that away as a takeaway because I was really questioning like whether I have, whether I have gotten out of my comfort zone or not. You know, I, I was thinking about it and like, realistically, like I went, I moved away to college, but I moved from my parents to my grandparents. I lived here. My whole family was here. So it wasn't really outside of my comfort zone to move here. And then I got a job right away. I got a cool job that wasn't like, I mean, there's some minor things that are outside of your comfort zone, but nothing major. And so I really feel like I haven't pushed, I mean, this podcast, maybe a little bit. I don't know. I just feel like I haven't, maybe the podcast was out of my comfort zone initially, but it's not anymore. It's very much within my comfort zone. I talked about how your comfort zone does expand. You know, as you step out of your comfort zone, this uncomfortable territory you're in, eventually you become used to it and it becomes comfortable. So your comfort zone expands now to include the things that used to make you uncomfortable. So you have to constantly be stepping outside of your comfort zone. That's the question I asked James, what are you doing to get out of your comfort zone now? And he said, not really anything. And you know, me too, I guess. Well, not maybe like I'm, I'm really kind of just trying to think through this in real time with you here because this was a takeaway for me. And it's something I guess I haven't really thought enough about before sitting down to record this, but like I, you can't, I don't think you can consider screenwriting out of my comfort zone yet. Cause it's a very insular thing. Like it's not out of my comfort zone because no one else is reading it where it's going to become uncomfortable is when I start giving it to other people to read and to give me feedback. And I've, and like, I've never been poor handling it, but I just don't like to get negative feedback because I obviously don't want to bruise your ego. And so I, I think that's where I am. And what, if I were to assess where I need to step out of my comfort zone right now, it's letting people read my screenplays. I have one that I'm like, this is done. I'm not going to edit it anymore. It's at the stage where people can read it. And like, I've only given it to my girlfriend because I, I, 
I don't know who else to give it to. It's weird. Something I have to learn exactly. Like, how do I figure out who should read my screenplays or not? How do I get them in the hands of the people that matter? And how do I take feedback in? And I've recently kind of was thinking about this, how I have been kind of dragging my feet when it comes to writing. Um, I have been a little bit unmotivated. I haven't wanted to do it. I haven't done it every day. And I realized part of that's probably because I'm at the stage now where people are going to start reading my screenplays and it's out of my comfort zone to get, to let that happen and to let people read them and to get the feedback. And so I don't think I was consciously avoiding writing because that was the next step. I think subconsciously my brain was stopping me from continuing with writing because as I progress, that means I have to get closer to stepping out of my comfort zone and my brain's trying to keep me safe and keep me in the comfort zone, but I'm not going to grow. I'm not going to become a better writer, you know? So I think if I want to become a better writer, I have to step out of my comfort zone and I just feel like I'm not stepping out of my comfort zone enough right now. So that's something I need to do. And so uh, stepping into your comfort zone, very, very important. Something you need to make sure you're doing constantly. You can't just step out at once and be like, this is cool. Um, no, because your comfort zone is going to expand. And so it's going to envelop that, that uncharted territory, that, that uncomfort zone you're in will eventually join your comfort zone. You have to keep stepping out of it constantly. So make sure, and this is a reminder to myself as well as to you to be constantly stepping outside of your comfort zone. Now, my next takeaway, which I think, so bear with me here. Okay. I'm going to throw something. You're going to hear, you're probably going to roll your eyes. You're going to be like, what are you talking about? How is this? I'm just going to get you it. Just bear with me through this one. You need to think bigger. Trust me. You might be like, I'm thinking big. Maybe you are. Think bigger, right? Because more often than not, when we set goals for ourselves, when we think big, we think big in a way where we think it's attainable, but think beyond that. You know what I mean? Like, I, so in James's case, so James is, he's, he set a goal for, for this holding company, uh, the e-commerce holding company of getting, of acquiring companies that are ultimately making, I think a hundred million dollars in revenue. And he sees that as an achievable goal and a hundred million dollars is a lot of money. But James has people telling him to think bigger, think beyond that hundred million dollars. Why can't you go bigger? You know, James says to me, he's like, he thinks it's attainable. So to him, that's an achievable goal. So he might be thinking big, but to him, it's still something that's realistically that could happen. And I think, yeah, so you need to think bigger. And I think the message there is that like, you're going to think big, but you're going to think big in, an, in a realistic way. Think big in an unrealistic way. You know what I mean? I'm throwing that out to you. I'm throwing it out to myself. Like, what does that look like? What does big in an unrealistic way look like for me? You know what I mean? And part of the reason for that is, you know, there's, it's, it's, I think it's a cliche, but I, you know, it's cliche and it's cliche to say that cliches are cliche for a reason, but it's important to say, you know, it's like that saying where it's like, shoot for the moon. Even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. Like I, I believe that. And so you can aim to, you know, you can aim to, to get a hundred or you can aim to get a mile up. Like, let's just say like using the stars and the moon as an example, you can aim to be a mile up, which is really high, which is really high. Or you can aim for the moon. And even if you miss, you're still going to be among the stars. You're still gonna be higher than everyone else who's aiming for a mile up. And so it's, 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 you just have to dream bigger, you know? And like the other thing too, it reminds me of is there's this, I can't remember. I think I read it in a book. I can't, it might've been tools of Titans. Um, no tribe of mentors, I think, but it's like, what can you try and accomplish your 10 year goals in, in six months? Now that's not going to happen. Very, very rarely will it happen where you can accomplish your 10 year goals in six months. But if you're working your ass off to try and achieve your 10 year goals in six months, you're probably going to be pretty far along in those six months, more further along than someone who's trying to achieve six months goals in six months. Right. And so it's just dream bigger because it's going to help you. It's going to elevate you. It's going to make you push harder. It's going to make you do things you would normally do to help you get out of that comfort zone that you're staying in. You know, like a lot of people dream big within what they think is in their comfort zone to an extent. Dream bigger. Keep pushing. Don't settle for less than you deserve. Trust me. All right. 
You can do it. I believe in you. I believe in you. You know, write it down. I want you to honestly stop this podcast right now. Write it in your phone. Write it in a piece of paper. Whatever you have to do, write down a ridiculous goal that you feel embarrassed for writing down. Do it. Okay. Are you back? Did you do it? Did you write it down? Like, did you feel uncomfortable doing it? That's good. That's, you know, if you feel embarrassed, that's you feeling uncomfortable. And that's you trying to stick within your comfort zone, within your thinking, within your own thinking. Don't stick within the comfort zone, within your own brain. Think bigger. Just be ridiculous. You know, you have one shot. Who gives a fuck what anyone's going to think? You have one shot at this life. Don't waste it valuing the people, the opinions of other people. Dream big, be ridiculous. Now, moving on. I wish we could end on that. Dream big, be ridiculous. Sounds like like a great note to end this on, but we got a number of takeaways still to go here from my conversation with James. And I think like some of these are also, they're like, some of these are a little bit like, um, a little bit more high, uh, high concept, but some of the more nitty gritty business stuff. Um, so I think we're getting a little bit more, uh, of, and then some of these more nitty gritty business things. Um, but one of them being is like the advantages of a roll up, you know, something like I never really thought of. I thought of it a little bit cause I have a client that's doing something similar. Uh, but James talking about how with the roll up, it's just a couple things that stretch me with the roll up. So again, if you haven't listened to the podcast yet, essentially what a roll up is, is acquiring multiple business, putting them under one roof. And by putting them under one roof, you can, ha- you can save a bunch of money. You can save money on accounting because instead of having accounting for five different companies, you can have accounting for one company. Instead of having five different marketing agencies for five different companies, you could have a couple in-house employees that are doing the work that you would normally pay a marketing agency for. And so you're saving money on marketing. You're saving money on all these different things. You can save money that way. And that kind of, I was like, holy shit, that kind of blew my mind. And another thing you can do when it comes to a roll-up, which I think is super smart, especially in the e-com space, which is what they're doing. What James says, what they're going to do is they're going to, they're going to use the data from the companies they acquire and from their customers. And they're going to spin off sister companies from those from the existing companies and their data. So they're going to find existing needs that their customers have, and they're going to create the companies that service them. And then they're already going to have the email list and the way to reach out to these people. And they're going to be able to go direct to these people with a new product from a new company that they're going to need because they have the data to back it up. And that was just super smart. It blew my mind. And I really, really like that. The very quick takeaway here, but just some those two little advantages of roll up, super, super smart. I'm really excited to kind of watch James navigate this space. And the thing is that I'm kind of like, I don't know if bummed is the right word, but I feel like because James has become known as like the website flipping guy on Twitter, we're not going to hear as much about common commerce. And I'm really fascinated by the work they're doing with common commerce. And so I want to follow that journey as closely as I can, um, because I think it's so interesting. And I think James is, is a pretty solid, it's, it's just a good person to have in front of, I think he's a good visionary, um, to lead that company. And I think they're gonna do some really interesting things. And like, speaking of that, they're looking at doing some interesting things when it comes to to LTV, right? Because they're not focused quite as much on branding, which again, I think, I don't know if you can consider this a hot take, but, and I'm not, I don't want to misquote James here, but that basically what he says, branding has changed and branding isn't as, isn't as necessary. Like from the point of like, no one's going into a store and being like a Crest or Colgate, which one do you recognize? Take the one you recognize. So branding is changing in the online world. And so they're looking at LTV from a perspective of not just branding but they're trying to they're looking to increase ltv through obviously one through kind of spinning off those sister the sister sites and the sister companies that can service their existing clients but doing a subscription model for their clients um which i thought was super interesting a subscription model for like a membership of benefits thing for their clients for that was really interesting so they're looking at some some cool things some they're looking to to shake things up i'll say 
when it comes to to increasing LTV for their company. So it's just I back to my point. I think it's be interesting to watch James operate with Common Commerce over these next couple of years as they try out new things with increasing LTV with subscription services for their clients. And so um, take away that. I think James is a good. I think James is a good operator, good visionary in this sense. Um, and I just wish that there's going to be more access to watching him and Common Commerce operate over these next couple of years. Now, another takeaway from James that I guess I technically had prior to coming into this, that websites are a great asset class, right? And it's something that like it's an, an interesting option. It's a cheaper alternative than getting into real estate. It yields money quickly, <laughs> so you can get a website that I think. So James said is producing. Um, I think it's something like three, I'm trying to figure out 30% a year, like your original investment. I don't remember exactly how to word it cause I'm not a finance guy. Um, but it, it, it yields a, a dividend, I guess it yields a 30% dividend essentially is what it does. So if let's say you buy a website for, for $10,000 after a year, it's going to pay you, it's going to pay you back three grand. And there's no asset classes like that or very few asset classes. None that I personally know of. I'm sure there are, but again, I'm not super well versed in this space, but that websites will pay out there about 30% every single, like of your initial investment. If you just leave it the way it is, if you go in like how James is teaching people with nano flips and, and still best practices and grow it and add an email list and have guest posting and different things, you can increase how much the monthly revenue. So they'll be making more than 30% every single year. All right. So websites are a great asset class and something I want to, it has my attention. It's something I'm interested in. I have never been great with large expenses, large purchases, I should say. So buying a website for five to $10,000 is something that takes my breath away a little bit. So I'm definitely going to have to work up to it or some to that effect. Um, but it's definitely something that's interesting that has caught my attention and how great an asset, an asset websites are. And I think too, when it comes to James and NanoFlips, another takeaway here that I have is that he built NanoFlips not because he was trying to make a course and trying to be a, a, a digital product guy. He built a course and an email list because there was demand you know, he was just posting about it on Twitter and then people were like, yo, do you have a, do you have an email list? Do you have an email list? Do you have a newsletter? So finally he's like, well, fuck, I guess I should probably build a newsletter. And so he built a newsletter and then he built the newsletter and people were like, yo, do you have a course? You should make a course. Is there a course for this? And he was like, all right, well, let me see. Like, let me just send it out to my newsletter. Like, Hey, if you're interested, buy this course. And, and if enough people you buy it, I will build the course. And I think he said he put it out there and made like $17,000 in a day. Cause there was that much interest. And I think he's only charging like $200. So if we do the math on that, Oh my goodness, I just shouldn't have done that. What is that? 85,000, 85,000, 850 people? No, that's not right. 85 people, I think. 85 people instantly gave me $200 in 24 hours. So he built the course based on demand. And I think that that's a good way to do it. I mean, obviously, like if you're able to build up a, a platform that is, is to listen to your audience for what does your audience want and build the products that your audience wants. So if you're able to build an audience, first, then listen to them. What do they want? They will tell you what they want and you can build that. They will just give you a way to make money. They will ask you for a product to buy. And that's what James did. He built up an audience. He had an expertise and his audience just came to him and asked him to build a product that they were willing to buy $17,000 in literally 24 hours. When I was working in sports, that is like and when you consider the fact that that's US dollars, that is more than I made in six months he did in 24 hours, right? So if you do things authentically and ethically, people are going to be excited to pay you. People are going to be asking to pay you, right? So a great way to build a product 
is to just listen to your audience and see what products they want you to build. Now, my last takeaway that I will get into here today, because I see we're already coming up on that, that 20 minute mark. So we haven't hit my goal to keep this under 20 minutes, but I'm going to try and get through these last takeaway, takeaway and a half here that I have uh, very quickly. And so the last one here is that people get rich off equity, not off a salary. So it's important for you to be, to, to own assets, to be an owner of things that produce money, whether that be a business, whether that be stocks, whether that be crypto. Again, also very, very, very clear that this is not investment advice and this is entertainment only. I do not know what I'm talking about when it comes to investments. So please do not, do not listen to what I'm saying, anything investment advice related. Okay, thank you. I had to make sure that we got that out of the way. Now, people get rich off equity, not salaries. And so you need to be owning bits and things. You need to be investing your money. And you know, for me, that is a very foreign concept. I didn't grow up with that as like an as a thing. I grew up with save your money, save your money, put your money away, save your money. And because of that, it's allowed me to save up a decent amount of money. But if you look at inflation, like I saw my friend posted a graphic the other day and it was like $30,000 20 years ago versus if you had $30,000 in the bank 20 years ago, this is what it'd be worth today with inflation. And it just goes down. So keeping money in your bank is literally doing the opposite of what you expect it to do. Keeping your money in the bank shrinks your money. With inflation, the value of your money decreases. So having money in the bank shrinks your money. And so you should be owning things. You should be investing your money, things that will produce a return on your investment. And again, this is not investment advice. Investing can be risky. You need to make sure you do your research when it comes to investments. That is my final takeaway. James said when he exited from, he was in a cannabis um, company. I believe it was called DMO something. I can't remember, DMO Holdings, DMO Marketing, something like that. Um, but he was, when he was in this cannabis company, his second exit, he bought a house. And cause you know, everyone says buy a house, get into real estate. So he bought a house to flip it. And he said, he's pretty much just going to get away with breaking even. And I'm not saying he didn't do his research, but he clearly didn't buy a house that he should have bought. And so make sure you fund them. You understand where, what you're doing with your money, learn, take the time, do the research, do your homework, figure out where you're investing your money, figure out an investment strategy. I mean, for me right now, I think I'm just in some, again, not investment advice, not investment advice. Cannot be clear that this is not investment advice. This is for entertainment purposes only. But my money right now, I think I'm just putting it into some long-term ETFs on, in Quest Trade right now. Um, I want to diversify a little bit because I don't want everything in one spot. So I'm going to start diversifying. diversifying. I want to look into crypto. Um, obviously, websites is a potential option for me. I'm just looking at different ways to diversify. Diversify your portfolio. Find income-producing assets. Do not just let your money sit in the bank. Do not just save your money. Real estate, that's another option for you, right? But make sure you do your research when it comes to investing your money. So don't just let your money sit in the bank because all that's going to do is decrease the value of your money. So make sure you're investing it and make sure you're investing it smart. Diversify your portfolio. Make sure that you don't have all your money in one spot. Diversify it. Do your research so you know what you're putting your money into. Don't just put your money into because you see a lot of, don't just put your money into Bitcoin because a lot of people on Twitter are talking about Bitcoin. And so that's why it's like, I'm like, oh, I should probably get into Bitcoin. But I'm saying that because everyone on Twitter is talking about Bitcoin. And so I want to make sure I research Bitcoin and I understand what Bitcoin is before I do that. And I encourage you to do the same when it comes to anything, when it comes to real estate, when it comes to crypto, when it comes to website, when it comes to ETFs, when it comes to stocks, do your research, but make sure that you have equity, that you own asset producing things because you're not going to get rich on a salary. And if you just put your money in the bank and save it, it's going to shrink in value. So make sure you do that. And please make sure you do your research. And one final time, this is not 
investment advice. This is just entertainment purposes only. What I just walked through is essentially kind of what I'm thinking I'm going to do with my own money, not what you should do with yours because this is not investment advice. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. But on that note, I'm going to stop saying that because I've said it a hundred times, but I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you listen the entire way through or you only listen to bits and pieces, I really appreciate you for taking time to check this out. Do me a big favor. Go and check out James on Twitter. He's at JamesOnCamp or at JamesonCamp. It'll be linked in the show notes down below so you can find him. If you'd like to learn more about website flipping, buying and selling websites profitably, check out NanoFlips. It's a free newsletter and a course. It'll be linked in the show notes down below as well. If you'd like to follow me, you can find me everywhere on social media at the Jacob Kelly. Feel free to come and say hello. My DMs are always open. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure you leave us a positive rating and review. We haven't had one in a hot minute. So if you could just take 10 seconds to hit to throw five stars. If you're feeling extra generous, take another 30 seconds, leave us a rating or sorry, leave us a review, say something nice. Um, and I will appreciate you screenshot it, send it to me. I'll post it on my Instagram. Sorry. I will message you. I will thank you. I would love to thank you. Actually, honestly, like just let me know if you left a review. Cause I'd like to thank you personally for doing that. Also, if you enjoyed today's podcast or you enjoyed the interview with James, please send it to a friend, send it to them. Be like, Hey, I this podcast. I think you would enjoy this. I think this is a great, something you should hear. Send it to a friend. Finally, if you aren't subscribed, make sure you do subscribe. Brand new interviews every single Monday. Brand new takeaways episode like this as an audio exclusive every single Thursday. As always, today's podcast is powered by TrueFan. Thank you once again for listening, everybody. We'll talk soon.